talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Welcome back, everyone, to Fight Club. Um, we're here to really empower all of you to fight through this process and you know, get through this pandemic with as much, um, you know, excitement and, um, a, you know, what's what I'm looking for. I heard a ring coming through my, my AirPods here. So I apologize. It Uh-oh. threw me off. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone started calling through, um, excitement and as well as motivation to, you know, get things done for your business and progress forward. So um, brief kind of circle around the table. Um, my name is Taylor Maroney and I currently work for Mr. Pipeline. And we're an internet marketing company. So I really bring in the knowledge of internet marketing, anything Google ads, SEO, even a little bit of Facebook, um, as well as content, you know, pieces. And then on top of that, I do own a pressure washing company with my husband. So I do understand the small business struggles that y'all are going through on a very personal level. So that's my background. Hi, Tay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. Uh, I also own an accounting firm where I consult with small businesses all over the U.S. and help them with their bookkeeping and help them with virtual CFO services. And I'm the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters, where I own a pressure washing, uh, gutter cleaning, window cleaning company, solar panel cleaning company. We do all the cleaning uh, in Northern California. And I'm so excited to help businesses fight for their business. Awesome. And I am Michelle Myers from Pink Collars. Uh, We run a fully remote office team that supports small to medium-sized businesses in the field and home service verticals. And I am excited to talk about systems and operations for Fight Club. Hi, I'm Martha Woodward, and I am the co-founder of Quality Driven Software. And I have an online course that helps people get their employees to care about their business almost as much as you do. So I know we're kind of going to switch up the order a little bit today. So uh, Megan's going to start first so she can really kind of bring in some more knowledge about this PPP, um, you know, actions and what's going on legislative wise with everything. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm screwing everything up today, but uh, (laughs) just it's short term, short term problem. Um, So I feel like every week I say we're going to talk about the and then it's the PPP. Again, so, um, I promise someday we'll talk about cool things again, like profitability or income or expenses or tax savings or other fun money related problems. But um, this is kind of a fun money related problem, PPP, and it changes every single week. It keeps evolving. So um, it's fun because it's 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 an amazing tool that you can be using in your business right now to help with cash flow. Um, so if your business is shut down or if you have experienced economic impact, I hope that you have applied for the PPP 
And I also hope that you've gotten it. So I'd love to just hear in the chat who's received their PPP money or who has been approved by their PPP money. Uh, the second round of funding is still not out yet which is so cool to me. Uh, it's truly working for small business. I reported last week that um, the average loan was about uh, 70,000. And so it's really helping smaller businesses right now, which I think is fantastic. So this week, I just wanted to go through like two or three really quick strategies about how I think you should be thinking about your PPP. So the first strategy I want you to do is I, congratulations, Marlo. Good morning, Daniel. And uh, hi, Denit. Good morning, Denit. Denit likes our new backgrounds. We, we got fancy. Tay, we've got a marketing person around here and she, she's going <laughs> to figure it out. Thanks, Tay. Um, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're growing up. Uh, so the first thing I want you to do with your PPP, and I alluded to this last week, is I would like you to get out your calendar and I would like you to mark the date that is 56 days from the day you received your initial deposit. So I think that's gonna be homework number one because those 56 days are gonna go really fast and we're, we're still waiting on guidance. We did get a little bit of guidance last week. Good morning, Angela. Um, we did get a little bit of guidance last week but we're not quite fully whole in knowing what all the strategies and what all the planning is that we can do. So mark your calendar 56 days from the day the money was received in your bank account. And that is kind of your ticking clock. That is when the clock will be up. That's when there's zero seconds left on the clock. So then I want you to set an alarm for yourself two days before the last day of the 56 days. So on the 54th day, that's really when all the spending should be done. And that's the time frame we have to work with here. So what are we spending it on? As a reminder, we're spending PPP money on payroll. We're spending PPP money on health insurance premiums for your staff. We're spending PPP money on retirement contributions for your staff if you have a retirement plan. We're spending PPP money on lease payments uh, for, I think, specifically physical property. Um, interest expenses. So if you have debt, if you have loans, the interest that you're paying on those loans over these next 56 days uh, are deductible. And utilities, utility payments for your business. So um, the other thing I want you to do is there's this 75% rule. So you have to spend 75% of the money on payroll. So the other number I'd like you to write down is what was your total loan amount? And so you, may, you probably don't know it off the top of your head and that's okay, you can do this as your homework this week, but the total loan amount, and then what was 75% of that number, okay? So that's the amount that you need to spend on payroll. And then at a minimum, ideally you'd spend all of it on payroll because the more we spend on the payroll, the more money we make usually. So I want you to make as much money in 56 days as possible, um, but that's your minimum payroll number. And then I want you to divide it by your pay periods. So my husband's window cleaning company would pay weekly. So I took that number, I divided by eight, and that's kind of what I want my average payroll to be hanging out at. And that gave me a much more manageable number. This week, I have been doing damage control with clients, and I think I have five client meetings today where, you know, I, what do I do with this PPP money? What do I do? What do I do? And it's really, don't freak out. It's going to be fine. So if you pay every other week, then you're going to divide your number by four. If you pay yourself twice a month, you're going to want to look really carefully at your pay periods, but probably going to divide by four. But I just want you to get a sense of what your average payroll should be looking like 
That way, you know, and hopefully you've already run a payroll so you can know how short it was or how big it was. And you can start looking at that from a hiring perspective. And um, last week we had some amazing tips about hiring. And I think, uh, I think that it's working. I think Jeff's hired six people in the past two weeks. And um, Martha, I'm just so grateful because they're excited to come and they're excited to work and they, they responded to the job ads that we worked on. And, and I just feel like all those gears are turning. So I'm excited personally to spend all of this PPP money on payroll. And I'm going to make as much money as I can with that PPP money. And um, I'm going to smile about it the whole time. So that is your chore for this week. We're just taking it really small. We're not doing any crazy planning strategies. I, I've heard a lot of murmurings about like, well, can I pay myself? Can I pay my brother? Can I pay my kids? You know, we're not there yet. That We're not there yet. We're not ready to have that discussion yet. Your focus right now should be hiring. Your focus right now should be paying the staff you have, rewarding the staff you have, engaging the staff you have, and using this money truly to go to work in your business right now. So uh, that that's what I have on the PPP today. Um, trying to keep it simple, trying to keep it easy and one week at a time. But watching that, I want, I like, I'm picturing it red circle date, you know, like danger, danger, money has to be spent. <laughs> All right, that, that's what I've got today. It's personally, Damien got his PPP. So I'm like, all right, 75%. We've got to work that. We got that last week. So let's figure out what these four periods are so we can be able to get this done effectively. So thanks so much, Megan. Such a good student. I have, I have to be. I'm, I'm a newbie still to all this. You guys got some years on me when it comes to <laughs> business stuff. So I, I can fill in on the marketing side of things, but when it comes to running our own business, we're, we're still newbies compared to y'all. <laughs> um, Megan, you have yeah. a question from Marlo. Oh, um, Marlo says, do we know yet whether the eight weeks is the check dates or the pay periods? I got my money in the account on a Thursday and paid my staff biweekly on Friday. Can I count that payday? We don't know yet, Marlo. So the thing that Marlo's asking yet is, this nuance that's written into the language that says paid or incurred. Those are very different. So yeah. if it were paid, Marlo, you're right. You paid that money after you received the PPP money and it should count. If it's incurred, you're not okay because you didn't incur that cost during the time that you had your PPP. So we're still waiting for guidance. I would love to see it work both ways. So Marlo, I think it's great that you use the PPP money for that first Friday. Typically, if you would have asked my tax accounting brain, which is very logical and very like rational and methodical, I would have said paid. That is the date that we care about because you are a cash basis taxpayer and we care when you pay for expenses. But I'm learning over the past eight weeks, 10 weeks, that methodical brain doesn't always work out into legislation. So uh, that was an unpolitical comment, by the way. That was just, there's so many nuances and it seems a little complicated. Um, so we want to we want to try and get them incurred also. So what that might mean, Marlo, is you need to accelerate your last pay date so that it can fall into your PPP period and it will be both incurred and paid. Because what I'm imagining is happening is the way it's set up now is this payroll that you just paid was paid on a Friday, but it was incurred before you got the money and so at the end of the eight weeks, you're going to have a whole bunch of payroll that was incurred, but maybe you didn't get paid. So you're going to want to bring that pay date back into the PPP period. And that's why I'm having you mark the calendar. 
because you can start making those adjustments now. Um, you'll want to check with all of your own states, but in California, we can pay more often. So if we need to bring a payday earlier, we can do that. Um, we can't pay late, but we can pay early. So just keep an eye on, uh, on those dates. Daniel says lots of brain power in here. Daniel Dixon of, of Syndrome. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Good morning. All right. That's Good what morning. I got. Well, um, I'm going to dive into a little piece of marketing for y'all and a couple things. I know in our teaser, we talked about not putting all your eggs in one basket. So one thing I'm going to talk about first is Google has released another core algorithm update. Um, they do this every year, um, but this year they've actually did one in January already. And now this is their second one already being released in the month of May. So what happened is last week on Monday, May 4th, um, may the fourth be with you. Any Star Wars fans that are joining <laughs> us? Um, <laughs> uh, they did release their core algorithm update. Um, this again, this is a very normal thing from Google. Um, but what we're seeing is, you know, it it does affect um, a lot of people that are trying to effectively rank for the COVID nineteen cleaning or um, sanitation services for COVID nineteen. Um, which is a very new realm for Google. You know, this is COVID-19 and coronavirus are searches that Google has never seen such a high volume of in the lifetime of Google. You know, people all over the world are searching for these keywords. So it's something that's brand new to them. And they are having to adapt with these new algorithms to make sure that they can effectively protect consumers as well as protect business owners and make sure that there's a fair playing field for business owners across the board. So a couple of things just to take note of, um, whenever these, you know, updates and algorithms come out, it is very normal to see it take about a week to two weeks for everything to officially be rolled out from Google. So you'll see fluctuation on your SEO campaigns. You'll see your numbers kind of jump around a little bit. It doesn't mean they're going to stay there. They'll probably go back to where they were. Um, unless it's, you know, going against the new policy that Google's released. So my best advice whenever these do come out, like I said, they do come out yearly. So pay attention to your campaign. Just take a look at them this week. You know, take a look at your keywords. If you are in an SEO campaign, see how they're kind of fluctuating. Um, and also take a look at your ads campaigns. Sometimes Google ads campaigns can be impacted by this. Um, sometimes false um, positives can be flagged for accounts. So if you see for some reason your ads may not be running and you don't really know as to why because you didn't personally pause them, um, I always recommend reaching out to a Google representative at that point just to make sure that you get it clarified and make sure you're falling within the new algorithms policy lines. So that's kind of my brief, um, you know, chat about Google and just, you know, be prepared to see these fluctuations over the next week or so. Um, but this really ties into not keeping your eggs all in one basket. And reason I say that is a lot of clients that come to Mr. Pipeline are coming and looking for a service that they can really put all their financial marketing dollars into, which is not something that we recommend. We really do recommend taking that marketing budget and it, you know, putting it across a playing field of multiple channels. So if you're wanting to invest in SEO, People love to invest in SEO. It's something that's going to be a great investment for your business long-term. But a lot of times they want to invest in that too soon. And what I mean by that is they're not at the point to be able to handle new leads that come in, or they're not getting new leads from a basis of like Google ads or Bing or something along those lines. So 
you're really taking your SEO dollars and investing it at the wrong time. So first thing is always to establish where you're at in your process. And if you need new leads, you might want to look at a, an, a paid advertising source first, and then about six months down the road, reevaluate, see what your ROIs turned into, see where your profit margins are. And then you can start to reinvest that new dollars into your um, SEO campaign. Now, um, I see that Sarah's asking about Nextdoor. Nextdoor is something I've heard personally with a lot of my clients is great for recommendations. Um, my, I have a client whose wife actually goes on and consistently recommends her husband. Um, different projects that he's done in different locations throughout the county. And they have actually generated, you know, thousands of dollars in business revenue just from recommending their business on Nextdoor. So it's super cheap. Um, if you, if it's something that, you know, you do have to have a neighborhood, that's kind of the caveat with next door you have to have the neighborhoods in your said location, um, to be able to go through and start um, effectively recommending. So I know I personally didn't get a neighborhood till about last year. So I've just now started to do that same thing for my husband's power washing business. Um, but if you have a neighborhood, give it a shot. It's free. It's not going to affect you in any way, shape or form monetarily. So that's a great channel to add into your um, options, which I didn't even have on my list today. So thank you so much, Sarah, for bringing that mm -hmm. up. Um, so when it comes to other channels that you can put your eggs into, um, other baskets, you can be able to uh, fill with those eggs. Options are very broad. You can go low cost and do options such as a remarketing campaign, which is display ads on Google. You can do a social media campaign, which is free if you go an organic route. Or if you want to go the pay it ads route, it's also very low cost. Now, a lot of people like to do short videos or, you know, I, I call them webinars, but it's really like a tutorial in a sense coming from small business owners, because now you're showing your expertise in the industry and are able to explain further how you can be of service to your local clients. Um, email marketing is another great one, very low cost. You know, there's um, individuals like MailChimp that offer, I think it's about 2000 subscribers for free before you have to start paying for their service. And um, there's also constant contact. So those are other great options. And um, EDDM flyers, those are another area to expose your business and get them out into the local neighborhoods. Now, what is all of these pieces doing? All of these pieces are building your brand awareness, which is really what the homework's going to be about this week from me. Um, building your brand awareness helps with all of your campaigns across the board. You're showcasing to your clients that you're not just on one avenue. You're not just on Google ads. You're not just an SEO client. You actually have invested into your business and invested the time into your business to show your brand and showcase your brand across multiple channels. So when we get to homework today, I'll go into a little bit deeper as to what exactly your homework will be on brand awareness and how to achieve that. But just remember that it's not best to put every single marketing dollar into one avenue. And if your marketing dollars, it doesn't always necessarily have to be dollars spent. It can be time invested from you as a business owner. So take that into account as well. Because a lot of my small business owners don't remember that piece. And if you're investing your time into it, that still is marketing dollars invested. That's your time you're taking to put into your business. So it's essential to make sure that you're taking that time appropriately. Great stuff, Tay. Awesome.
I, I have I'm one gonna... question before I just yeah. interrupt you real quick, Michelle. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Do you it. Said, <laughs> you said if our campaigns aren't running, just call Google. Uh, can we call Google right now? Is that a thing? Contact Google would be through support. So right now calling Google is a little bit difficult. They're not doing as much phone support as normal. Um, so my apologies if I said call. Thank you for catching well, me. No, on no, that no. I, no, I just thought it was funny because yesterday you were like, I can't get a hold of Google. And I was like, of yeah. course, Kay has the phone number for Google. She's so cool. <laughs> well, so, it's anyone, anyone can access through access them through support, especially if you're running your own ads campaigns. Um, they give you that availability to speak with a representative. They normally have you on a scheduled call once a month um, to be able to evaluate your campaign with a Google rep. So take that at that time with that Google rep this month to really evaluate and make sure that your campaign's in line to meet everything with the algorithm update. Cool. I love it. Well, hi, everybody. I wanted to talk today about one of the massive backbones of our business and one that I'm really seeing emerge in home service businesses all over, not only our clients, but others, and that's Slack. Um, Slack, as a lot of people know, it's a communication platform that gives you the ability to do text, voice, video, um, and all kinds of different ways to communicate. And I think what we were gonna talk about today was the difference between paid and free users. And so paid users are called members. Um, and they are either single channel or multi-channel members. And then guests are just guests and they are single channel or multi-channel guests as well. Once a guest becomes multi-channel, it really is a paid member at that point. Um, but Slack differentiates the, the, the way they name the participants within the environment as a member or a guest. And that differentiation helps us identify what channels those folks are gonna be invited to. Members obviously would be invited to all of your internal communications. So your break room, your announcements channel, all of your email channels. So a member would be somebody that would be internal and a guest would be somebody that's external. So a client or maybe somebody out in, in the field or even a, a vendor or a, a you know, a competitor, I'm sorry, excuse me, a contractor, excuse me. I haven't had enough coffee today. Um, mm. So we really do use both of those sort of levels of Slack here in, at Pink Collars because we like to make sure that all of our users within our Slack environment have access to everything internal for our company because we're a really transparent business. We want to have all of our team have access to everything that they need to complete their work. And then all of our guests are all of our clients. And so what I was going to do today was share our Slack because uh, like Martha said, she loves seeing under the hood. She likes to see things behind um, the channel and behind the, the screen. So I'm going to share my screen here and go over exactly what, how some of these differences appear within the Slack environment. So I'll just make sure I've Will got you show that. Us everybody that see my screen? I will I'll totally show you what okay. channel is. Can you see my screen, everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so all of our members um, are organized by team here on the left-hand side. So this makes it really nice for me as the owner to be able to see my entire team at a glance. So I know that on Terry's team, I've got Lori, Joy, Nicole, and Dorian. And I know on Christy's team, I've got Jen, Roberta, Sandra, and it goes down the list. So my entire organization is broken out by teams. 
And I can very quickly see what's going on with each individual team member and then each individual client at a different level. So it really makes organizing it really nice. This is a new feature in Slack. So in Terry's team, I can go under Lori, and I know that Lori's managing these two clients. This is Lori's email channel right here. So I can see any email transactions that are going on with Lori and her email, and then any communication that's happening with her clients. So I'm going to go down because I wanted to look at one particular client. And I think it's really very important for you to see that we name all of our, all of our clients here by their client number, but we have different channels for them to communicate on. So as you see under Sierra here, we have an office channel and an operations channel. So this helps the business owner be able to differentiate between the topics that they would like to discuss with us on Slack. So operations happens here and you can see we're getting before and after shots of jobs and information back to the office so we can post it to the customer CRM. So this is really helpful for our team and then also to be able to document things that are happening in the field. Super, super nice to be able to see that. And again, we, we hold all of these photos within Slack and then move them to the CRM of the client's choice. The office channel is also very helpful because we have a client that loves making audio recordings. So you'll see here on the right, he'll just open up his cell phone, make an audio recording of something and send it to us on Slack. And it really helps us understand what he means, what he's saying, what he needs to have done. Um, he also sends copies of text messages or screenshots. And so being able to have that immediate information super helpful. As a client, um, these guys are multi-channel guests, which means I do pay for them, but they don't have access to all of our internal information. So in speaking about internal information, I think it's really cool that because we all work remotely, we've set up an entire environment in which we communicate. So we have all of the fun places to hang out. We have a break room where everybody says good morning. We share memes and recipes and images and fun videos with one another. So this is a way for us to kind of have a good time together in the break room. Super cool. Um, we have all of our email also as a paid account. We have all of our email coming through Slack. So as a business owner, I can see our quality driven scores coming through to a channel and I can very easily just scan over all the star ratings that we've gotten, see if there's any clients that I need to reach out to, if there's something going on. Um, but being able to flow email into Slack is really helpful for me as a business owner because I don't have to stop and go out to that email and visit it. I can just visit that particular channel, um, which is really helpful. And then I think my absolute favorite is our calendaring. We have the ability as a paid users also to have calendars, Google calendars flow into Slack. So I have everything that's going on with every team member at a glance. Um, and I don't know about anybody else, but when you're managing a large team, it's important to know what everybody sort of has on their calendar at one time. And I can see, you know, today Doug's got a couple of appointments nobody's out. So I have a calendar on who's out, which flows from my Bamboo HR into here. 
if we have a birthday or an anniversary, it'll pop up here. Um, all of our team meetings will pop up, talks about anybody who's out for the day. And again, as a business owner, to be able to see this at a glance, super beneficial um, because I can really get a temperature of what's going on in the company. Um, again, so it just shows everything. Hey, Fight Club agenda meeting. There we are. Um, so it shows me exactly what I've accomplished this week as well. So I have all of these meetings coming up and it gives me just a really nice overview. Um, so at a glance, I can see birthdays, anniversaries, any information that's going on with the team and with myself and with Doug, my husband. So hugely beneficial for me because I don't have to stop and look at a calendar. Um, I, and then, I love, there's a brag yeah. channel. I see dance. Oh yeah. Party. There's a brag channel. So oh yeah! Did you see those? Look under the hood. Yeah, all these yeah, cool our things, huh? Our brag channel is really nice. It's for when we have something that's really good going on with an employee, and so we we say we want to brag about somebody. So this is all of our management team, and they're telling these things that are going on with their team, um, and that's really helpful because it lets me see, you know, what's going on out there in the day to day. They get to brag about their team member. Um, so that's just a few things. I think my new favorite feature in Slack, which I could probably do an entire hour on, so I'll probably just, just glance through this very quickly, is something that Slack actually coordinated with, they purchased this application and it's called Workflow Builder. So think of Workflow Builder like automations for your company. So I'm gonna pop into the Workflow Builder settings and Workflow Builder, is basically just workflows that I want to have done that automatically trigger by date and time. So we have a team lead meeting every Tuesday right after this Facebook Live. And what I want to do is ask my team leaders, so here's Tasha's workflow, every Tuesday at nine o'clock, this comes to her and she gets this popped in as a message to her, says, happy Tuesday, please fill this out for our weekly team meeting. So I want her to share the win of the week, what's happened with her this week, what has she delegated, and tell me one challenge that she's having. So when she gets in, you know, today at nine, she already filled this out. So this goes to her and in addition to all of our other team leads. And then she actually participates and answers all of that. And it comes to me in a channel that I created, which is really cool. Let me just find it here. TL forms. So I get to, before our team meeting today, go through here and look at Tasha's meeting prep answers. So her win of the week is that she got a compliment and it was good for her confidence. We actually had an employee leave this week. So it was a real disruption in her team and she picked up all the clients and just moved on. And so she heard back from the, the clients and she said it was good for her confidence. Um, she didn't be, she wasn't able to delegate anything this week. And then the only challenge is making sure that she keeps her clients happy while this move is made to a new employee. So I kind of know before I meet with her in an hour, how she's feeling, how her team is doing, what she's challenged by. So I can address that when we meet and I'm not just sitting there asking for all this data. Um, and each individual does this exact same thing. Um, so we talk about all of the team, team information on our team meeting, and these workflows are super beneficial. 
Um, so what we've actually had all of our team leads do is they've created all their own workflows so that now our team members are doing their own KPIs, um, which is super cool. So we do end of day reports now where we ask, you know, first and secondary priority, what work has been parked. And we actually do, um, let me see, let me see if I can find another one for an actual team member. These are just reminders for people, right? Company huddle reminder, um, team reminder, and we do end of day reports for every single employee. So at the end of the day, we actually have them do their own reporting, which I think is super helpful. So our team leads have set this up and all they have to do is fill out these forms every day. Um, incoming calls, outgoing calls, missed calls. And again, our phone system does all those KPIs for us, but I think it's really beneficial for the team to self-report as well so we can start tracking KPIs. So that is my favorite feature and why we pay for Slack. <laughs> so hopefully that gave you a little bit of insight into how we work and how Slack is so awesome. <laughs> that, Again, that was blowing our mind, really great. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, <laughs> Michelle, I'll say it again. You need to look into a side business that, because I know you have more time than, yeah, you know what to do with. Oh, but, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but boy, I could see people who are pretty stacked with their office staff sure. want this, you know, yeah. want that organization. They yeah. don't know how to do this part of it. Man, if you ever want a side consultant gig and and actually we've talked about teaser we've talked about yeah. Michelle doing a little bit of that on our yeah. at our retreat so yeah. that pretty cool oh my gosh Michelle I would love for you to set up slack channels for me at our retreat for likes accounting yeah. and just like oh. swing windows like, I know I, I want to be a student <laughs> Yeah. And I think those workflows really help because I can't remember to ask the same questions every week. I can't remember to get all that data from my team and having myself like mentally prepared for us to get together in an hour. I know exactly what challenges are going on in my management team before I even sit down to have that meeting. And it makes that time so much more beneficial for all of us because I know where they are. And that helps me see what the struggles are, what I need to give them and what they need from me in that short hour meeting. And I, I think that really has cut down on a lot of the back and forth and just inefficiencies of meeting with one another. We should make our time together as managers super succinct. You know, our team leads are out there really crushing it and we gotta give them our, our time and abilities and answer questions and solve problems when we're together and not just churn over the same stuff every week. So those new workflows have been super great. We just started those in March. So those are new for us too. And that's awesome. I, I yeah. start, I'm doing performance evals this week. And when I saw that workflow, I'm like, oh, it's man. easy. I, I can know. get that done by tomorrow, but you know, for, uh, <laughs> and it, it is typical of us that we're like, oh, dang. 
performance evals are, you know, in a few days, we need to get this done. And ah, how nice would it be to get that done like a week ahead of time? So I like it. And, you know, like they it. could, you could, you could, you could set up a workflow for the employees so they could evaluate themselves first and then a workflow for the team leader and they could evaluate the employee. Um, and then you could look at the apples to apples and say, where does the employee think they are and where does the team lead think they are? And how is that, you know, how can I address those, those differences? Cause uh-huh. you know, that's super important for people to be reflective. So well, I'm thinking of Martha and like consistency and transparency yeah. and accountability. And I was like, Oh my God, Martha, this is like, I'm drooling. I'm like, I know. I'm drooling and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be some work. But it's it's like everything. You do it once and then you put it on autopilot, right? You just put it on autopilot and it goes for itself. So, and the beauty is that if you go back and tweak it, you can say, okay, now I really want to ask them. I've asked the same questions for three weeks in a row. Now I want to throw a curveball in. Like, what are you doing to stay sane with your kids at home? Or what are you doing to stay, you know, throw something fun in there that's more personal. And that really okay. changes the dynamic of the meeting because they all come with like their favorite recipe or something that they've been doing this week. And I do that too. I often throw little things in there. So it's, it's helpful. Susan wants to know how she'd use it with her texts because she doesn't have office staff yet. So how do you, you um, know, how do you keep your teams organized? I think you yeah. could have channels for that, right? You could, you could set up channels like team A, B, C, D. And if they're solo cleaners, texts, and I'm assuming that's what she's talking about. Um, you can just organize them in channels by name. And so each individual person's name could be their channel. And you could just communicate with them on that channel. The cool thing is, is if they're only on one channel, they're, they're accounted for as a single channel guest. And so they are free. So you could get a whole Slack environment started for relatively inexpensive um, if you're just working with solo cleaners. So. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right, Martha. Okay. <laughs> Um, last week, I talked about making sure, you know, we're competing with that unemployment. I saw my sister in a group, like family chat yesterday, talking to an aunt saying, yeah, I'm making three times as much on an unemployment as normal. Now, she wants to go back to work, but she she's glad you know, that she, in fact, she has to have a knee replacement. And she was like, yeah, I'm saving money for my sick time. And, uh, and we are competing against that. And so mm-hmm. I talked last week about, you have to really step up those acts of appreciation. And I mentioned um, the five love languages book and said that may be their love language. And then um, it dawned on me that not everybody is familiar with that book. I, I stumbled upon the five love languages book in a Christian bookstore. And um, anyway, that book has been so popular that they have all kinds of versions. And I got the version that's for you know, talking to your teenage kids. My kids are no longer teenagers, but 
they loved when I started those love language conversations. <laughs> and then I bought the version that is for love five love languages in the workplace. Um, and it's all the same principles. And I probably could have come up with a lot of that on my own because it is just a different, instead of a, a spouse or partner, you're talking about your employees. But um, one thing that I did is there is a, I guess, quiz for lack of a better name uh, that you give to your employees and it's written for employees in the workplace. And that questionnaire will help determine what their love language is. So it, I have to say it's been a couple of years since I've done it in my uh, maid service. But, um, and if I was super organized, I could put it in Gusto as an onboarding document. Um, I could put it in Slack if I get that organized. <laughs> and, uh, but what is really interesting about that is I think as employers, we tend to think everybody is just about money. And when they take these questionnaires, honestly, their deep rooted, what makes them feel good is usually something else. And even those surveys that um, Gallup puts out finds these things too. It's not generally about money, why people leave. It's usually mm -hmm. something else. Uh, so when I surveyed my employees, they were the top two were words of affirmation. That's one love language. And the second was acts of service. And so just quickly summarizing, there are five words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, uh, physical touch, which I'm going to explain that one in the workplace, and <laughs> gifts. And uh, so anyway, words of affirmation, of course, can be spoken or written. That's why, you know, it's important to talk to them, you know, to praise them publicly and privately. And there is a difference between those two. Publicly is the attaboys and the kind of feel good um, that you're getting public recognition, but you can't just do that. And that's why I think performance evals and anytime it's, um, anytime it's appropriate to meet privately because you are also taking the time and it feels more real when you do it privately, one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel that they need both. And you really don't know which one of those makes them feel the best. So, um, and then the written, you know, many of you know this trick of writing words of affirmation, you know, writing your thank yous and your words of appreciation and sending that in the mail. And maybe you send it with a gift card or whatever, but it, it really is the taking the time, sending it in the mail 
and a lot of times opening it in front of their family. And there's just, and they'll tell their family, oh, I got a card from my boss, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so anyway, that's words of affirmation. Quality time is just taking the time to listen. So um, for my staff, this didn't rank high, but none of these are like, no, nah, I don't need it. You know, they need all of these things. It's just to different degrees. But we all know that when you have employees who make suggestions or take the time to come to you with something, they are expecting you to take the time to listen. Now, you may not be able to do anything about it right then, but we've talked about the fact that if they talk to you about something and you say you're going to look into it, you have to follow up. You know, if that if that conversation was not closed, I think of the ticket system in support, if it's not closed <laughs> out, it is still open and you have to circle back around and, and take the time to acknowledge that whole sequence. Um, it, and quality time can also be just hanging out, hanging out with coworkers. And that's why those fun activities You know, we try to do monthly fun activities and not now, but uh, I can't wait till we can resume that. Um, That is a different feel than working together. And uh, and then working on a project comes under quality time. And that can be, hey, we're having a summer party. Who wants to be on the committee? Who wants to give input and be part of hosting that um, or, you know, a new program or whatever. So then there's acts of service. And for our company, that was second in line. And that is basically digging in and helping out that. uh, So think of your home and think of many of us, love when a spouse or a child or whatever, somebody, you're overwhelmed and somebody comes in and does those dishes or does the laundry or does something, that's an act of service. So acts of service in the workplace is when it's extremely busy or maybe they're frazzled and just trying to get through the day, but you know, they have some personal issues they're dealing with, but they're trying to be professional. Acts of service would be going in and pitching in. Now, I'm a believer in, I, I, so I came up the ranks and um, not, by choice, that first six months, I did a lot of cleaning. And so when when I started to try to transition, you know, like reading Emeth and like I've got to work on the business, in the business, when I made that transition, I really had to draw the line and say, I cannot work in the business. And it took some time, but what I found 
was if I would go and help when we are really, really busy, then that was expected. And so when I didn't do it, that looked, that had a negative connotation. So now my staff probably has never seen me work in the field. You know, the people, and I, I have somebody who's been with me seven years. So, uh, you know, she probably, uh, maybe um, two or three times has seen me come in and help. So the way that I like to do that is to use a floater. If you've got a floater, if you've got a field manager, if you've got somebody that has some flex time, then those are great people to funnel in and have them go help. So it can be a surprise. It can be showing up on a Friday and maybe taking turns on Fridays and having that floater go in and say, hey, I'm going to help you finish up or, hey, I got this. You get to go on home and we'll pay you out for this time. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, but I do, you know, the only thing I would warn you on on access service is don't always associate it with busy because then it becomes expected. I like random surprises, <laughs> gifts of, of acts of service more than I like expected acts of service. Um, and then gifts. So when I give, like if, when I give anniversary monetary gifts, or monetary awards, I like to give them in a um, form of a gift. So maybe a concert ticket that I know they are, tick you, have, you have to get two, but um, something that I know they would love to do. And I love to do it where it's an experience that maybe they might not splurge on. Um, I'm an Oklahoma State fan, but on one employee, I gave Oklahoma University football tickets, uh, much to my dismay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, something that means a lot to them. Um, I love those kind of gifts because money you don't remember, but a gift, when you've paid attention to what they like and what they treasure, and you can award something special, that goes a long way, a lot more than a, you know, a hundred dollar or whatever gift certificate to Walmart, you know? So think of that. If you haven't put some thought into those things, even if it's a, even if it's a gift card, you know, to, for a $25 amount, don't just give a gift card to wherever you've got the card for in your drawer. Now, have I done that? Yes, I've done that. But give it to their favorite restaurant. One you know they would love to surprise their family with. Something that means something to them. And then lastly, 
physical touch. <laughs> and uh, this is Where's great. Where's attorney? Where's the HR attorney? <laughs> <laughs> Very concerned. I'm just going to hide. There we rank. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rank pretty low on the list when it comes to the workplace. But um, I did put not romantic, <laughs> but um, things like hugs. Now we're all women. So, you know, some people like hugs. I'm not a big hugger, but uh, some people are. And I mean, that really does mean something to them. I have friends that they're like, I'm going to hug you. I know you don't like it, but I like it. And I'm like, <laughs> um, and I have gotten over that. Sure, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it says things like, you know, celebrating with high fives, fist bumps, that kind of thing. That is an act of physical touch. So yeah. there you go. Um, oh, the book is Five Love Languages in the Workplace. The author is Dr. Gary Chapman. So, I mean, the original book is a really famous book. And the assessments, you can get codes for your employees to take those assessments. Um, and you can, you know, it's a good idea to go in <laughs> wherever you keep your HR stuff and tag them with what their, you know, what their love language is. So when you want to do something for them, you're doing it in their primary love language. So there you go. There's your homework. Love it. That book. Love, love, love. Um, well, I guess I, I'm going to do my homework because I have to jump off. I'm, I'm late for another meeting. Um, but I want to just share real quickly the homework this week related to finances. I know we're going out of order. Usually it's Tay's turn, but that's okay. Um, uh, I want you to mark on your calendar 56 days from the day you got your money. So I want you to mark that on your calendar. Then I want you to mark two days before that date, and that is your stop spending date. So we wanna make sure that all of your transactions have settled, they've cleared your bank, that they're completely spent by the 56th day. So I want you to mark day 54 and day 56. Um, if you wanna be really, really methodical about it, you can even go one week forward. So you can do, uh, what is 54 minus seven, 47. You can do the 47th day also. And that's kind of your like last planning, last, last like coming up with a good plan to get that spending done. The other thing I want you to do this week is I want you to figure out what your payroll minimum is. So your total loan amount times 75% is the required minimum for payroll to optimize your forgiveness. That's the minimum amount to spend on payroll. You can spend more than that. In fact, I encourage you to spend more than that. Um, so I want you to figure out what that number is. And then I want you to take it bite size. So take it into uh, how many pay periods are you gonna have in your 56 window or your 54 day window. And, um, and so what does your average payroll need to look like? And if you're just rehiring and if the PVP came in and, and you weren't quite ready to do all the spending, you know, know that your first payroll might be lighter, but you need to be working towards a heavier payroll and in a sustainable way. So I just want you to get those numbers and that data. And I think that will really help your mindset this week. And then hopefully, I know I say this every week, but hopefully next week we're gonna have some strategies for you, some cool planning strategies. 
But my goal for you is to use this money to pay your staff to reward them so that they can be very productive for you. Um, and, and if I give you some numbers and I give you some dates, I'm hoping that will help ease the stress and uncertainty around what do I do and how long do I have and, and what's going to happen. And, and we're not going to leave it up to fate. We're going to be very intentional with the rest of our time clocks. So that is my homework for you this week. You can do it. I'm rooting for you. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Spend some money. I never say that ever, but I'm saying that. Spend some money on payroll. Um, and I'm going to go run to my other meeting. Um, but happy Fight Club. Very glad to see you all. And um, Thanks, see you next Megan. week. Thanks, Megan. Well, I'll jump in next for homework. So we talked a lot about options for different putting your eggs in different baskets. So we're really going to take that brand awareness into effect this week. So I want, I'll post a couple options in the channel um, as, or in the, the group, I should say, as to options you guys can go into both low cost as well as free options that you can, you know, invest either money or your time into. So that way you're building that brand awareness and getting your eggs spread out across multiple baskets. So just to recap on those again, you know, the options will be very similar um, to the following. It'll be, you know, remarketing campaigns, you know, low cost Facebook ad campaigns, organic Facebook posting, um, a short video or tutorial on some of your products or services, um, an email marketing campaign build out, an EBDM flyer. And then of course, if you wanted to go and or haven't done the paid ads route, another option would be paid ads. So that would be probably your most expensive option. But we're going to all kind of list them in cost order. So that way you can probably go after one of those free ones first. There's no reason um, besides time investment at that point. So invest about 15, 20, excuse me, 15, 20 minutes into your business and into your brand. And let's see what it can bring you. It's good stuff, Tay. And for my homework this week, I want everybody to look into Slack and do a little due diligence about the free versus the paid versions and see how automations and workflows can really impact your business for the positive. I really think those have turned the corner for our company. Um, and instead of having an individual have to remember all of those benchmarks and deadlines and things, um, Slack can really do some of that heavy lifting for you. And I think it's got a great value because of all of these new features that it's it's uh, adding all the time. So I'm going to put a link to the workflow builder documents that Slack has put together. So you can kind of see what workflow builder looks like. Um, I think it's a great addition and I'm so glad that they purchased that automation sequence. I think it's really been helpful for us. So I'm going to encourage everybody to look into it and at least read that workflow builder and see how you can customize it for your company. <laughs> hey, Michelle, um, yeah. I have a question on when you're connecting Slack with, say, um, you mentioned Bamboo HR for those mm -hmm. workflows, is that through Zapier or? It's not. It's internal into Slack. So okay. Workflow Builder is an actual app that used to be separate. And uh, Slack saw its viability and, and connectivity for their platform, and they actually purchased the company. So, um, so, so it's all integrated. To it, Bamboo HR. Those two do not connect, but I use Slack for, like I said, those KPI reporting, self-reporting for the employees, and for all of our weekly meetings to kind of get a temperature of the teams. So yeah. they don't connect together in terms of moving the documents into Bamboo HR. They stay in Slack, but they stay in a channel. And I think that if I wanted to set up a Zapier 
trigger by the individual's name and then put it in Bamboo HR? I probably could. I just haven't finished that final step. Maybe that's something I can talk about next week is how can that data go into Bamboo? Yeah, well, that uh, that was actually I just assumed you did because that huh. seems totally yeah. about you. But uh, <laughs> I, it does because I am getting to where I like as much to trigger as possible, not yeah. rely on me to trigger it. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, I bet you can. I yeah, bet we've got to rely on the technology as much as we can as business owners because it can do nothing but help us. Yeah. So. So my homework for you all is I encourage you to get the five love languages for the workplace book. And um, I'll post a link in our group. Um, I don't know how much it is, but I would imagine it's paperback. It's been out a while. So I would imagine it's pretty reasonable. And there will be one of those assessments in there. And I think with the book, you get a code. Um, you're supposed to have a code for each employee to take that assessment. I don't know. You can probably print them. So uh, you you know do whatever. But anyway, I encourage you to find out what your employees' love languages are. Um, I'm going to resurvey my staff. But like I say, I did in enough years that I saw trends and I, but every now and then, every now and then somebody has a different love language than the primary two. So anyway, that is the homework. Um, if you didn't hear our teaser announcement last week, uh, we announced that we're going to be doing a retreat, the four of us, mm -hmm. in an undisclosed location. I did say Colorado, but that's yep. as far as we've gone. It'll be in the mountains. Um, and those dates are October 1st through 3rd that you need to mark the dates, save the dates. And then we are planning all kinds of cool things. So it would be a work retreat where you're given assignments, you've got time to actually build and create there. And then we've got all kinds of kind of wellness things, you know, whether that be a hike or whether that be uh, spa, <laughs> you know, so we've got all kinds of wellness activities that we're planning as well. So um, when we get it cemented down more, then you'll know the specifics. But anyway, it should be fun. It should be different. So it's fun. That's all I got. And then I'm going to wrap us up with the quote <laughs> of the week. I've got a quote of the week real quick. So I'm going to wrap us up. And it ties in exactly to Martha's announcement. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So take that out into your week this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, quit talking and begin doing. <laughs> okay, let's sign off, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Have a great week, everybody. 
Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.